I do believe that Grandpa Roy has passed the torch. Kyle Corms felt called to ministry. We've been talking about this for over a year, and he is getting ready. He and Tara are getting ready to enter into the credentials program. I've been told by many ministers, if you want to grade the success of your ministry, watch and see who God calls while you're the pastor of the church. And I believe with all of my heart, um, God's called a great one. Kyle Corum, come on up, brother. Praise the Lord. Let's give him our full attention. Am I on? Here we go. As Pastor Michael mentioned, it's been well over a year or so, a little, bit, a little before the pandemic, that I've been feeling this calling that God has placed on my heart. And it's the time that I accepted it. Um, Christ has been dealing with me. Whew. Throughout all my years of college, leading up to where I met my now, fiance, and what I want to share with y'all today is what it means to be called. And what it means to be called is I felt this calling in my heart well over a year and a half ago, but little do I know that the calling that God placed on my life started 23 years ago. Holy Spirit, move. So my sermon today is going to be titled, To Be Called. So what it means to be called to the ministry, the general ministry, and the story that Christ has placed on my heart to want to be able to spread to y'all through the church, through the foundation, and the things that I speak to you is not upon myself, but it is from the Holy Spirit that I am speaking. So I want to make that first and foremost clear. The chapter or the verse that I want to be focusing on for the primary purpose of my scripture and my sermon is going to be Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. So if you want to take the time to go ahead and turn to it in y'all's Bibles, we'll also have it on the screen behind me. And it's going to be the NIV version. So this first part of the scripture, Ephesians 4, 11, is the primary scripture that myself and Pastor Michael, we would go to um, in the initial calling that we felt on our heart, however many years ago that was. And so with that being said, Ephesians 4 through 11 states, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service. And what exactly are these works of service? Well, I believe every single scenario that you have in your life has been built up to a certain purpose in your life and your calling that you have on your life. Whether you're a grandfather, mother, brother, sister, all the works of service that you've done whether you believe it or not, and whether it was in hardship, trial, or difficulty, or whether it was for the Lord that you felt that you were doing that calling for, God has made it lead up to this certain day. And with that, Ephesians 4.12 states, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. 
And we all, I believe this is the day that Christ comes. So we all have something within our heart, our minds and souls that God has placed into us and we are called to complete that action. And it is today that I am accepting that to be able to share this with y'all today to y'all, to the congregation. And I believe it's by no mistake Pastor Michael was called here to be able to share this experience with me. And I think it's very important to recognize the call that God has placed into your life, into the unknown, because we don't know where he's calling us, but it's by faith, by hearing, which is through the word and the gospel that we grow, that when you get to those crossroads and you're walking down the road and the salvation that he's given us through the mercy, we don't know the exact decision that we are to make until we get the Holy Spirit within our hearts through salvation and the mercy and grace that he shared upon us. And it's with that salvation and grace that he's going to direct us into those crossroads. And it's the general advice that the Bible gives us throughout all the many disciples that he has given to us throughout the, all these many years. And it's by the Holy Spirit that he speaks through me right now to tell y'all when you get to that crossroad, you need the Holy Spirit for your direction. So where you're going to turn right, left, up, down, 45 degrees, up, down, you might do a 360 corkscrew. You might go to Carowinds or our little roller coaster, for all I know. But God's plan is victorious. He's gracious, and he speaks through those who have been called according to his purpose. And that is why I'm speaking to you today, to share this with y'all. So my first point I want to talk about, so what exactly does the scripture say? So we must look outward to the word of God that is without fault to be able to understand the calling that God has placed into our life. And we're called to purpose, reasoning, understanding. Wherever you're at in your Christian walk, it doesn't matter. I'm speaking to you today to make the choice to be able to accept him as Lord and Savior as your life, over your life. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you're called to purpose, you're called to reason, you're called to understand. The prophets, evangelists, teachers that I spoke of in Ephesians 4, God planned that thousands of years ago. And I would have never thought that I'd be standing before you today, right now, being able to preach the word of God. And I am ecstatic. Ooh, I am so ecstatic. The word is your defense against the flesh. I'll say that again. The word is your defense. And I'll elaborate on this more later on in the scripture. But Haggai 1, 5 through 6 states this. Now this is what the Lord God Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. What are you trying to plant today? What do you feel in your heart God has called you to do? Are you hesitant? Are you looking for direction? Are you looking for guidance? I'm going to encourage you to pick up this book. Because it's by this very book, I picked this up over a little bit, over a year and a half ago. That God, I couldn't imagine I'd be right here being able to preach the word of God to you all today. And I thought I'd be so nervous standing up here. I feel like this is exactly where I am supposed to be. I picked up the torch from my great-grandpa, Roy. And I believe he's looking down on me like my dad said. I am so ecstatic to be able to share this with y'all. What are you planting? What are you sowing? Are you sowing scripture? Or are you sowing the flesh? Because we know that this, if you try to sow things of this earthly, earthly world, this world is going to come to end, whether we realize it or not. In Revelation, God comes and he says that he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem. And I want to encourage y'all, me and my family have this little inside joke. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but that's okay. This is spirit speaking. That um, we have this little joke about the, the river, the water of life that flows through the new Jerusalem. 
And I make the same joke with um, Brian Sexton that works with my dad. You make a joke about having a picnic beside that water of life. And if y'all haven't already, I'm going to encourage y'all to accept that call today. God's salvation is free. Why are you hesitating? Why? You have been set apart to fulfill the purpose God has placed upon your life, and it is through His work it is done. It is established. The things that God placed into your life, the reason that you're here is because God has established you into your life, into your family. Whatever you want to do in this life, God is going to establish. Why are you hesitating? Question yourself. I want you to figure that out by the end of this sermon. It is the heart of a man that plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. So what does this mean? Let's break it apart. The heart of a man. God says that the heart of a man's plans are wicked above all else. To not adhere yourself to it. So every difficulty and every trial and tribulation, you have a choice. God gave you free will at the beginning of the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. He gave you a choice. He didn't create robots. He didn't. And we know that on all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Do you love him? Do you love him? We're called to accept him according to his purpose. And I want to tell you all, some of you all have been trying to force things into your life that isn't from God. And the reason I need to tell you all this is because, oh, you wanted your job upgrade last week. You wanted, oh, you wanted those grandchildren 10 years ago, but now the one who calls you is faithful, 1 Thessalonians 5.24, and he will do it. It doesn't mention about timing because it isn't your timing. It's his. And you have to be faithful first. And I say this quote-unquote because God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so what y'all need to understand is he was faithful when he died on that cross for you. The very beginning of time, God sent Jesus. God did his work in seven days. Created the heavens and the earth and everything that we're dwelling in. Jesus came for 33 years. The Holy Spirit's here now. And he's going to be with us till the very day he calls us home. Are you sure? Do you know where you're going? Ask yourself this. If there's even a little bit of a hesitance, it's not late. I am preaching this to you today because it is not too late. If it was too late, God's judgment would already come on those who have been wicked in their behaviors and the things that they want to do through the flesh. It is not from these things that they will last. It is from the gift of the everlasting kingdom that it will come, pass, and it is here, it is now, it is present. He is calling every one of us to accept it. And it took me so long to accept it, but Lord God, speak through me now. So what exactly is your role? First and foremost, before we begin any action, we must establish that our works are from a solid foundation. Because if anything you try to build up from yourself and from fleshly desires will not last. It will not last. And I want to ask y'all to go ahead and turn to Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27. 
It's Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. And Miss Jessica will have it pulled up on here as well. So Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27. Therefore, everyone who hears that, therefore is therefore a reason, Pastor Michael. No. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. I'm going to read that again. Therefore, it's therefore a reason. Everyone who hears these words of mine puts them into practice. Are you putting them into practice? Whatever you're reading. Are you actually doing what it says? It says if you love him, you'll keep his commandments. But some of those... mm. Mm. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down. The streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Holy Spirit, move. The ways of a simple and a foolish man will not come to stand. And you may feel like that person at work that's been mistreating you, you feel like they've got the edge. And I'm telling you, we have the advantage. And John, Jesus is speaking, and he says that I will send an advocate and a helper to be with you. So I had mentioned God did his work in seven days. We know the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven. He's not here. But we believe the Trinity, the three in one. So is he here? There's an inner ceasing, really. So in John it speaks, God speaks to Jesus, and Jesus then there speaks to the Holy Spirit. And we say the Holy Spirit, but it's actually Holy Spirit. It's a name. He has a mind. He has a will. It's a spirit. We read it in Scripture because it says the Holy Spirit, but if we believe the three in one in the Trinity, it's Holy Spirit, capital. And whatever you do, I'm going to encourage you to work at it with all of your heart and as you're working for the Lord and not for human masters. It's Colossians 3.23. God has given authority to those over you, and it's imperative to remember you're working for the Lord and for the King of Kings. Then and only then should you continue. Nothing you ever do is going to be in vain. Anything you do for the Lord is never going to be in vain. Because you're working for Him. And we know that we're working for an everlasting kingdom. But you keep putting money away and think that the money is going to give you happiness. And you're looking for sex and being an adulteress and sinning and cussing. But then you expect the blessings of God. And then they're on back hold. Mmm. The blessings from God are on back order because you're not willing to give them that one thing up. You're not willing to give it to them. Why? There's a hindrance. The Holy Spirit begins when you accept Him and allow Him to move. 
And I'll tell you all, I hesitated. High school, I was a fake Christian. I'll stand before you now and say it. I was a fake Christian. In college, they talk about, you know, the freshman at 15, and man, I feel like I went 15 years away from the Holy Spirit. I did all the things that I shouldn't have done, drunk, high, smoke. Thank God that I'm where I'm at right now. And the thing about all of it is, is that sin muffles what we're called to do. It's crazy. Sin muffles what we're called to do. And let me tell you why. Because you've been pointing at people for accusations and looking for an answer and trying to force timing that isn't yours and it's his. Now I've got some, some called synonyms. I said the sermon that I'm speaking on is to be called. Some called synonyms. One of these is to speak as to be heard at a distance. And he's calling you. All of us. Today. Now. Not tomorrow. Lord God, if it's your will, come now. If y'all would please want to turn in y'all's Bibles to 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 11. Again, that's 1 Thessalonians 5, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. The day of the Lord. I'm going to read all 11 verses. They're too good not to. Some of y'all need this today. I feel it. Somebody needs it. There's great rejoicing in heaven from one sinner as opposed to the 99 who don't need any repenting, the righteous. There's great rejoicing. You think you're not worthy. Accept it. Accept his salvation. Accept his grace. Accept his mercy. It's free. I wouldn't say it's free. God died on the cross. Jesus died on the cross for you. For us. For me. For all of us. 1 Thessalonians 5. Verses 1 through 11. Excuse me. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not be able to escape it. I encourage you to be on the right side when Christ comes back through this class, when Jesus comes riding back and the trumpet calls and he speaks. I encourage you to be able to hear his voice. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You're all children of the light and children of the day. And what exactly is the light? When we get to heaven, thank you, Jesus, there's not going to be any darkness. There's going to be no nighttime. God is the light. He shines through all the new heaven. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Is he going to devour you today? Are you lighting him? Do you feel conviction? Do you feel led? Do you feel like this, whatever you're doing in your life isn't exactly what you're supposed to? Are you doing the wrong things? And James it speaks of this and says, if you feel like you're doing the wrong things, where it says... That if 
I'm sorry, the reason that I hesitate is because I'm going to fill this silence. It's because the things that I speak to you is to be poured from a clean cup. And so the things that I speak and the reason that I hesitate is because I'm not perfect at memorizing Scripture. Jesus is, and he's speaking through me right now and wants me to be able to speak the full Christ of you. I don't want to misquote Scripture. Do not add or take away from the Scripture. We will be in judgment. We put on the full armor of God, as in Ephesians. We put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, and the sword of the Spirit. One of the first points that I said to y'all is that the Word is your defense. The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, is sharper than any double-edged sword, sharp enough to penetrate soul and spirit, bone and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Whatever you think that you're getting by with is in sin, it's in the, worth, it's in the earthly division, God knows. And we will all be judged according to what we know. The next thing that I want to speak to you all on is to make a brief visit. We're only here for a short time. We don't know when he's going to come back. And it's not for us to really pander on when he's going to come back. We shall be seeking what he's called us to do for the, all of our lives and everything. The next synonym, to put an end to something planned or previously agreed to, to put an end to. There will be a day that Christ rids of this earth and we're going to be called home. And if you're not sure, I want to encourage you to accept that call today. There's even a slight hesitance, hindrance. I pray, Lord, that you speak through the whole congregation. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And it's only a matter of time, and we're called to purpose. He will come like a thief in the night. And would you not prepare if you knew a thief was coming? In that same way, we put on the whole armor of God. In your workplace, here right now, we're praying all the time. Just pray never ceasing. And there is one thing that intervenes, and it's the call that we accept. Is he calling you? Today. Now. The last synonym is to, to make a telephone call to. Some of y'all, he's been calling y'all for years. Years. There's people in here We call ourselves Christians, but we aren't accepting the full word of God, and we aren't applying it. We practice things of foolish behavior and childish behavior, and we're called to grow in our faith, accept His salvation and mercy, and move forward. We're not called to be stagnant. We're called to thrive. Do not let your hesitance from your own emotions, from your own emotions, the things that are worldly, prevent you from gaining the freedom that God has already promised to you. He's promised it. He's promised freedom. We may suffer only a little time here, but we're called to suffer just as Jesus Christ did. Just as He did. So much so that He was persecuted. And But yet, y'all do not want to die to yourselves daily and die to the flesh daily and pick up the things of this earth rather than the things of the earthly, the worldly king, of um, Jesus' kingdom. I'm going to come back to the same question. Who all has a part in God's ministry 
and the ministry. And so what does it mean to be called? I was called, and initially this sermon was a uh, chapter in a book that I've been reading about being called, and it turned into a sermon. I was actually at UNC Charlotte, for those of you who do not know, I'm a, I'm a master's student at UNC Charlotte. And um, he spoke to my heart to start, to start writing. And little do I know, about an hour or so later, I had a sermon. Same one that I'm speaking to y'all today. And God has placed purpose, meaning, and reasoning within your life. Do not let anyone ever tell you anything different. There will be days that we feel downcast, that we feel low. But we run to Jesus in those times. He makes everything okay. Philippians 3.14 I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. We're going towards a prize. Oh, Lord God Almighty, and it's a great one. You're suffering on this earth. Maybe a hundred years. My mom, she says she wants to live to hundred years. I pray that God, she does. I need her guidance. Your suffering on this earth is worth the eternal kingdom that God has promised to us. So to be called, what does it feel like? Oh Lord, I felt this conviction on my heart to speak to y'all. An inward conviction. Conviction, that sounds like a dirty word. It's convincing. The Holy Spirit convinces you what you're doing is wrong. The Holy Spirit's here to remind you. And John speaks to us and says, the Holy Spirit's here to remind you of the, te the teachings of Jesus. He's here. And it's an outward proclamation to make him Lord of your life. Oh, Holy Spirit, you're working within this place. There's even a one in ten million chance. I want you to come now. Don't hesitate. There's no reason to accept them. There's no reason to at all.